Welcome to the Author's Podcast with Lisa Newton. Writing a book is a dream for many people, and in today's society, it has become easier and more important than ever. If you are an expert, speaker, coach, or an authority in your field, having a book is the new business card. It can increase your credibility, enhance your status, and make you the go-to person in your field opening doors and bringing a flood of opportunities straight to you. You can increase your fees and start choosing the clients you really want to work with. The Author's Podcast Show with Lisa Newton is designed to inspire, educate and inform you, both entrepreneur and individual, on how to write a book, as well as writer's tips and strategies on how to actually get that book written. On today's show, you learn more about how to write a book, including writing ideas, marketing, and how to succeed in getting a book written. Here we go with the author's podcast, and here is your host, Lisa Newton. Welcome to another episode of the author's podcast. Today on the line, I have my special guest, Kanan McDonald, and he is the author of a book, My Son Wants to Be a Footballer. Kanan has a background in sales and marketing, working for estate agents across London and also working for a video advertising company. He also worked as a West Indian bakery producing bread for supermarkets, Sainsbury's and Tesco. Passionate about football, Kanan's son was also a big lover of football. It was while taking his son football practice and becoming a part of grassroots football that he started to notice disturbing practices in grassroots football. Children not being developed properly when they'd been with their coach for years. Becoming a professional footballer is incredibly difficult and Kanan was seeing the development of children being destroyed. If they wanted to take it serious later on in life, their development would be so far behind. What he was seeing bothered him, so he decided to write a book and My Son Wants to Be a Footballer was born. A new author, Kanan, really loves writing and has a new energy to write and produce more books. Father of three and a grandfather, he is a devoted family man and loves to travel. Kanan wants to continue spreading the message to enlighten parents when it comes to the development of their children in grassroots football. On the line, I should have Kanan McDonald. Are you there? Yes, I am. <laughs> Excellent. <I'm there. laughs> So all that being said, let's start then. Grassroots football, what is that exactly? Well, basically, that's like the beginning of, it's basically the start of football. Mm. So if you're going to have any kind of career, that's where you would start. It's uh, coaches that are trying to develop their career as a coach, kids trying to develop their game and become better footballers. So it's basically right at the beginning of football. Okay. Any specific age? Is it like from three, four years old or? Well, it's all different ages because everyone has to start somewhere. And sometimes you don't get maybe to a professional academy until you're older, like maybe 14, 15, 16. Sometimes you can get in earlier, like seven, eight. But it's from any age. It's from, you know, from you can start football from six, seven. My son started from six. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, from, it's practically any age. So what used to happen? Did you used to take him to a school or a place, a Saturday club, or how did he first get into the football? 
basically, you can always kind of tell he loved having a ball and he loved kicking a ball around the house and these kind of things. And um, I didn't know loads about grassroots football or just, you know, football and coaching in general, to be honest. There was no information or no, not really many resources for parents to follow or any guidelines. So you're kind of just going through it and you don't really know what you're doing. But what I did know is that I wanted him to be developed technically. I wanted him to be developed properly. I didn't want him to be under any pressure. So I felt that um, pro academies and these things, I wanted him to stay away from. Mm. So we wanted to kind of find something casual and um, we ended up finding some guys that was like from a local school that put together a little match on Saturday over at Highbury Park. And uh, that's how we started. So that was just a casual football that we used to do every every Saturday. And before, you know, started doing it competitively, that was what we done first. OK. How long was you in the game or in the industry, so to speak, you know, seeing everything going on before you, you know, start to have your doubts? Once my son got to about eight and nine, I thought that, yeah, it was about time that we kind of stepped up a little bit. He had been doing the football over the park for a couple of years. I was like, yeah, I wanted him to get into some competitive football and, you know, step it up a little bit and make it a bit more competitive. So we started looking for a team and that was another thing. I didn't, you don't really know how to look for a team or where to find a team or how do you know where to go and these kind of things. What happened is that the local kids that was playing football around his area he used to play out with them and they liked him. And one of the kids told his mum and the mum said to him that, yeah, he should join a team that um, he, that her son was playing for. Mm. And uh, so eventually I ended up talking to the parent. That was when we first got introduced to our first team and that was the team called Chapel Boys. And that was like the, his first competitive team. But what I realised is that when we started going to this this team, like there wasn't really no structure in the training. Like it was just a little bit of a jog and then a match. And I, f- I was thinking to myself that even though I didn't really know much, I thought this doesn't really feel like this is going to develop him to the technical player that I want him to be. And, you know, I didn't think that this is going to push him forward. So I, I didn't think this was the, the place to stay. Right. You know, but it was the beginning of his competitive football and it was good to introduce him to that, to play competitive football, to play be part of a league to be part of a team, Mm. to have a coach, to, uh, you know, have a kit and all these kind of things. And Mm. I knew it wasn't going to be long term. Mm. You still carry on looking and you don't really know what you want because you don't really understand. And these are the kind of things I was going through. And at the time, I'm thinking, well, I'm a dad. And imagine how it must be for single parents that have got kids or other parents that um, are going through this. It must be even worse who, who haven't got no idea no total clue that's how how I started to kind of like start seeing a bit more and start looking into it a bit more but after that I started to kind of improve my knowledge and started to understand a bit more about development and coaching and these kind of things and I started to like kind of realize what I was looking for mm. how does it sort of work in terms of like as parents are you allowed to approach the teams do they have scouts coming out to look for you if you're a parent out there and you're thinking, yeah, well, okay, well, my son wants to be a footballer, like, what's the first yeah. step? How do you go about it, would you say? Okay, there's no surefire way. You're going to have to, it's definitely down to trial and error. Right. Yeah, mm. it's definitely down to trial and error. But the, the thing that's important is that you have to be involved. What, what I see a lot is that 
parents will find a team, a local team, it's convenient, and they don't really, that's about it. They probably might make sure that he's not got a criminal record and these kind of things. Yeah. And like uh, you know, obviously the coach. Yeah. Oh, and then oh, okay. and then the, yeah, 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 yeah. The coach. Yeah. So okay. that's that's probably the, the most parents will do. Make sure that the safety of their kids, that where they're um dropping their kids off to the coach or the team. Mm. And then that's about it. They don't really do much much else. And I think that's where the problem is. Right. Yeah. I think that you need to look at it as like this that it's a potential for them to have a career later on and it's it's a potential for them to probably end up doing something that they enjoy and love and become passionate about mm. so you want to give them the best possible start right. but there's no surefire way you just it's just trial and error that's why like obviously I've done the book because it kind of gives you tips and hints and advice yes. on things that you should look out for and uh, what you should be looking for uh, what help to help you identify what are good coaches and what are bad coaches and these kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. You know? You were listening to The Authors Podcast with me, your host, Lisa Newton. You can email me, lisa at lisanewton.co.uk. And remember, we have The Inner Circle, which is for writers just like you. And you can join us at writerbook.net. So if you're just tuning in, I am talking to Kanan McDonald and he is the author of My Son Wants to Be a Footballer. Kanan has had experience of taking his son out and about and being part of a team and seeing what was going on. So Kanan, tell me then, what's the sign of a good sort of team? So you talked about or a good sort of football academy or school or somewhere to go. You talked about technical skills, is that? Yeah, development, yeah. Technical development. Um, What does that mean? Yeah, that's basically how comfortable you are with the football at your feet. Like, if if you don't train with the ball and learn how to manipulate the ball with different areas of your feet, like your inside, like, you can basically do different things and make the ball act in different ways by training how to use the ball with different parts of your feet, like your inside, instep, your lace, your outside of your foot. And these can manipulate the ball in different various ways. Right. But you have to train. You have to do technical training. Yeah, and a, a coach needs to be able to know what type of training to do, ball work training, and these kind of things to, to, uh, to learn a, that. They do a lot of that in Brazil, don't they? Because they have like a martial art, capoeira. Almost playing with the ball is uh, one of the things they do really well. Yeah, exactly. So you can see all the type of players that come out of a builder, technically very comfortable on the ball, you know, but those are the things that they, they work on. Those are the things that are important. Yeah. Uh, over here, there's no philosophy. So you've got everybody doing what they want. You've got coaches doing different things. You've got coaches with different mindset. And I think back to what you were saying before, how you tell a good coach, if he's a coach that's more focused on winning and he's bragging about how much trophies he's won, and how much he's won and this and that and that, that's, that's a red flag. A coach that's more focused on development and wanting to see your child improve and get better, he's got a philosophy, a style of play and these kind of things, mm. that gives you an idea of his mindset and what type of coach he is. That's a little tip there. Like, you know, a lot of coaches you will see that the ones that are like out to just, that are just winners and they just care about themselves, really. They just care about building their own profile 
they, they care about what they're getting. They're not really caring about the development of your child. They just care about winning games. Mm. And those are the ones that are no good. Okay. They haven't got your child's best interest. Okay, excellent. At what point then, so you're going through this journey, trying to find a, a good place to, to put your son and you're seeing all these things and you're learning things along the way. I'd imagine that people would keep asking you questions. <laughs> At what point did you think, do you know what? I know all this information now. I've seen it all for myself. I've been there. I've done it. I need to put it into a book format. At what point did you come to that conclusion? When you're kind of looking and seeing what's out on the market, and see what help is there for parents when it comes to these kind of things. Mm. And obviously, I'm seeing kids just being at a club and they're 15 years old. They're not able to dribble through cones, which is like a basic drill. They can't dribble through cones. They can barely use their right foot, much less use their left foot. You know, my son can lose both foots. He can dribble through the cones. He can manipulate the ball with all different areas of his foot and these kind of things. And I think that should be standard, you know? So when you're seeing these things and like, and it was bugging me. It was just bothering me because I'm just like, parents are not really knowing what's going on. They're, they're handing their kids over to these coaches. These coaches ain't got a clue. And they're developing them and, 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 and basically destroying their development. I look at it like this. If you wanted your child to learn to swim, you would make sure that person knew what the hell they was doing, innit? You want to make sure that they can learn to swim. Like You want to know that that person can teach you how to swim. So <laughs> I think it's the same thing. You've got to make sure that if you're dropping your child off to a, a coach that is being developed correctly. And I don't think enough parents are, are seeing it. And that's what made they, me kind of... They don't know what to look for. Yeah. And I think that's what made me feel like, you know what, let me write a book about this. Because just because a coach has got all these qualifications and all these kind of things, that doesn't mean nothing. With a swimming instructor, they have to have certain qualifications and certain things. And that, that's kind of enough. Mm. You know, once they got these things... That's kind of enough. They're going to be able to teach her. They're not going to be able to get a job or work for a company and provide swimming lessons for someone unless they've got those things and they're competent. But in the football world, I could be a dad on the sideline watching a match. Yeah. And then I could say, like, I want to be a coach. And next week I could have a team <laughs> under eights so or under sevens. And I just don't think that's right. Do you understand what I mean? I just okay. I don't think that's right. And <laughs> I think parents need to know that. You know, that this guy was just a dad the other last week. <laughs> now he's developing your child how to become a footballer. Doesn't seem right, does it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I didn't know that, so that's interesting. <laughs> you saw the injustice and you thought, right, I'll put the book together. My son wants to be a footballer. Did you read anything around the subject? Is there anything else similar out there? Or is it different country to country? Or is it sort of like the same principles globally? No, it's definitely different country to country. It's an England problem. When I looked at other <laughs> countries, they totally have a different approach, a different approach. I could tell you Spain's philosophy straight away. I know their philosophy. Yeah, they're a passing country. They like technical players. They like to pass the ball and keep the ball around. They're, and that's how they develop their players. And, they, and all their players are developed to one day play into the national team. And the national team has the same philosophy. So the philosophy goes all the way right down to grassroots. Over here, it's not like that. Interesting. It's not like that. It's mishmash. There's no philosophy. There's people doing what they want. There's a lot of people doing all different types of stuff. That's the difference. Other countries are not like that at all. And, the, and you can probably see it. Why? That's why England ain't won nothing since 1966. <laughs> <Six>. You know. <laughs> 
It's interesting. No, but you have a point though. You do have a point because I suppose the whole point of grassroots starting right at the base level is to develop, to improve, to move on. And if you get all these players that have been trained in a different way and then they come together to form a team at the end, it's going to be difficult because they're not all on the same sort of wavelength. Exactly. You have coaches arguing and disagreeing with this and disagreeing with that. Like one of my son's coaches who believes in the technical way and the passing philosophy and making sure kids are developed, he classes himself as a, an unorthodox coach. So what does that tell you? He's unorthodox. So if he's an unorthodox coach, that tells you what type of, how many coaches don't believe in that kind of philosophy or that thing, that everyone's doing what they want. He's not following what a lot of people are doing. He wants to do his own thing. So he's classed as unorthodox, you know? But is that a good or bad thing? It's a great thing because at the end of the day, he's got his own mindset. He believes in developing children and making the children get better. It's not about just winning games and all that. You want to win. Winning's nice. It's important. At grassroots level, it should be totally about the kids enjoying themselves, having fun and developing. You know, winning and all these things shouldn't be as important as, as them developing and moving forward and having fun and enjoying themselves. You see some coaches bollocking under eights and bollocking under nines and you know, it's, it's one of the things that really annoys me. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, how can you be bollocking an underneath because he's lost the ball? Are you joking? You know, so. Yeah, but yeah, maybe I some really, parents really might, might like that because they might be, you know, more from an army type disciplinarian background and they want that strictness. The thing is, it should be about the kids enjoying it and developing them and moving forward and if, if kids are crying and not enjoying it i don't see the benefit i don't see the benefit to that yeah it's, it's got to be about the kids and 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 them developing and enjoying it and having fun Absolutely. And, if, and if they're not then what's the point you were listening to the author's podcast with lisa newton please do subscribe to like and share this channel so if you're just tuning in i am talking to Kanan mcdonald He is the author of My Son Wants to Be a Footballer. We are discussing what to look for in a coach and that really, you know, if you're sending your kids or you're looking for somewhere for your child to go to learn football, it really should be about the child and about their development. What was the first steps? Because on the Authors Podcast, we like to help people to think about and share how we got our books written. So what's the first thing you did when you decided, right, this isn't right. There's an injustice here. I want to help solve a lot of parents' issues. What's the first thing that you did after you decided this is the book that you're going to write? Well, I wanted to have a look to see if there was any kind of book like that out there. I had been looking, but I hadn't seen anything. And I kind of took it a bit more serious and uh, done more deep research to have a look to see if there was anything out there to really help parents. And there wasn't. There wasn't really nothing much to really help parents or give parents any kind of guideline. I didn't really have nothing to work off. This was all kind of just going on instinct, I guess, or just Mm. kind of going on my own beliefs. I just thought, all right, well, I started having a look around other writing blogs and author blogs to find out, you know, what's the kind of process that people go through when they're writing a book and these kind of things. Because obviously I'm brand new. If the people listening don't know, I'm a totally brand new author, yeah. One of the websites I came across, they said like, yeah, make sure you just try and write, write a certain amount of words a day. Mm. Even if you're not feeling up for it, just try and write a certain amount of words a day. 
So I said to myself, all right, then let me start with um, like two, 250. And I said, I'll make sure I write at least 250 words a day. I have to write. I have no choice. I have to make sure that I write that every day. It didn't really stick at 250. It started going to like 500 and then 1,000 and all that. But that helped me because I had to write it. There was no excuses. I couldn't make excuses for it. I made sure I'd done my rota for the day. That really helped in the beginning. So after once I started going, I just it kind of just got into it and, and just kept going. Do you tend to write at a set time or would you lock yourself away? How do you get it done? I liked mornings. So I used to like just get up, have some breakfast and then straight on the computer and just start writing. I preferred mornings. I liked when the house was quiet, everyone's gone. Yeah, I'd write in the mornings. Mm. Okay. When you finished it, how long did it take, roughly? Because people always want to know, like, oh, that's what people take years. Mine took ages. It took about, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it took about 80 months. Oh, okay. I was, like, getting a little bit frustrated because I wanted to finish it. And it's like, oh, man, there's still more to write. I, I think that was one of the problems where I was like, I need to decide to finish this, like, you know, end mm. it because... I could write more and more and more. I thought, you know what, I'm going to get to like about 50,000 words and I'm going to stop. And I think I still wrote about 57 or 58, maybe maybe about a little bit more over. But yeah, and I thought, yeah, once I get there, I have to stop. I have to kind of like wrap it up because I just won't, (laughs) I won't stop. Yeah, it kept jumping. I got to 20,000 and then I was like, all right, I stop at 30. And then I didn't stop at 30. And then I was like, ah, nah, you know what, all right. When I get to 50, I have to wrap it up. And I was like, all right, once I got to 50,000, I said, let me stop. But it's so much. I could, that's why I can do other books. I think there's still more information that I could write um, um, to do other books and all that. We'll see if, if there's an interest in, in for it. Maybe I will. So when you actually got it done, did you tell any of the coaches about it or any of the parents? I told, like, because some of the coaches that I've worked with are in the book. All right. And I told them that, yeah, I'm going to be writing a book. But some of the ones, you know, that I didn't really (laughs) rate as coaches, I think there's a couple in there that I've spoke about. I didn't really tell them. (laughs) But uh, the ones that are, like, I'm still kind of good friends with them today. Mm. I told them that, yeah, I'll be writing a book and I'm going to mention you guys in there and all that. Even the ones that I'm not really, I don't really rate, I'm still cool with them. I try not to burn bridges. I'm not that type Mm. of guy. I like, it always is just, okay, we've just got a difference of opinion. Mm. Cool, innit? I ain't got nothing against you. You ain't got nothing against me. We're cool. But, um... Do you know yeah, names? Uh, yeah, definitely. Nah. De- definitely. <laughs> definitely, without a shadow of doubt. This, this is... It's a true, true story, a true, true book. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm naming names. I don't think that people should have a problem with that. If they've got their beliefs and that's what they believe in, what's the problem? I'm talking about your beliefs and what you believe. That's what you believe as a coach. I don't believe that, so I'm still going to talk about what you believe, <laughs> you know? Fair enough. Any reviews, any any reviews, any feedback as yet? Yeah, well, I think I've got a few reviews on uh, Amazon. Okay. They're all five-star reviews. Yeah, I had I had someone come on there and just blast me off. Man, those people really hurt you. They, someone <laughs> came on there. Let's and talk about that. On. It's funny that happened because you don't think it's going to affect you as much as it do, and it did. It was like, bloody hell, like, <laughs> and I spoke to my mum about it and everything, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was just someone trolling. 
So there wasn't really, like, I don't mind constructive criticism. I haven't got a problem. If I can make the book better, if someone tells me that this and that and I feel that you need to do this and where, where, or, you know, and it's all constructive, it's only for my benefit. That's mm. that's no problem. Mm. I ain't got a problem with that. The person that left the review wasn't a verified buyer, so I'm not even sure if they really bought the book. Mm. And they was just ripping into me. They don't know me. They don't know nothing about me. They was, they was ripping into me. So... Uh. You know, um, I told Amazon, and Amazon are very, very strict when it comes to their reviews. They don't want you to have friends and families to do reviews and all these kind of things. And if they find that, they take them down. I explained to them that basically, you know, if it was a constructive review and it was constructive criticism, I wouldn't have a problem. But it just feels like total abuse. And they agreed with me. So they took it down. Mm. I think that for some people, what stops them is the fear of, you know, a negative review or, you know, someone not liking their work. And I remember speaking to one lady and maybe she'd written a book several years ago, maybe five, six years ago. She had one bad review and it's just been blocking her ever since. She's not released anything ever since because I think there was one or two grammatical errors within the book and, you know, it really affected her. You know, if they're not talking about the book, but more about you as a person, then no doubt it is someone who is got it in for you. And there's a lot yeah, of exactly, that about. Exactly. You have to have thick skin. Yes. You do have to have thick skin. I try to take everything as a positive. And if it's criticism and it's constructive criticism, I ain't got a problem. If that lady, you know, stop her from putting out mm. more. Mm. If it's like something like grammatical things and all these kind of things, it ha- these things happen. It's, yeah. it, it is what it is. You know yeah. what I mean? It is what it is. You just, you just improve it. You you find mm. the grammatical ones and you improve those things. Like these things happen. Like, you know what I mean? You can't mm. make those kind of things stop you. You know what I mean? It's, those things will happen. They happen with the, the pros, the big publishers that there's mm. typos in there. So these things will happen. You'll get better as you do more books. So, you know, like I know that it's my first book and I didn't know what to expect. Mm. I've never written before. You know, I'm not one of these guys that have got A's in English and all this kind of thing. Like, I've never done well in school. I'm not, you know, I ain't going to hide that. Mm. But I had something passionate about, something that was bothering me. Mm. And I thought, no, I need to I need to put it out there. Yeah. And, and that's all I really cared about. I didn't really care about anything else. I just cared about that. Maybe this can help some parents. Maybe there's going to be other parents on the same journey that I was. And maybe I can give them advice and tips and some help. Absolutely. You were listening to the Authors Podcast with me, your host, Lisa Newton. You can email me, lisa at lisanewton.co.uk. And remember, we have the Inner Circle, which is for writers just like you. And you can join us at writerbook.net. So if you're just tuning in, I am talking to Kanan McDonald. He is the author of My Son Wants to Be a Footballer. The book is available on Amazon and from all good bookstores. <laughs> Kanan, do you think everyone can write then? So you've just said that, you know, you didn't do very well at school, but you were passionate about this subject. Do you think everyone can write? Yeah, definitely. Everyone can write. There's everything's out there to help you in the other side of like, you know, making it sound structure and flow. And, you know, you've got ed- ed- editors and all these people to do these kind of things. So ev- everyone can write. You- most people have got a computer. If you've got something that you really want to write, just do it. I wouldn't even think about what's going to happen after you finish. Just <laughs> just focus on writing. You know, just write. Getting it done. Are you an avid reader yourself? Do you like reading? Yeah, I like to read like motivational books, self-help books. 
I like those kind of books. I'm always trying to improve myself and do better and, and these kind of things and, um, and grow. So I like those kind of books as well. I'm not really a fiction reader. I don't really read much fiction. Yeah, I do like a lot of non-fiction books. Any particular favourites? So many. I like uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. That's one of my, feel, yeah, it's one of my favourites. Those are just a couple I can think of the top of my head, but anything really, like anything in those kind of things. I like a lot of like Tony Robbins' book. Anything that is kind of like in the self-help and motivational kind of things. I like I like those kind of books, yeah. I'm a okay. big fan. Don't, don't know if I'll write any or get into it. It seems like <laughs> a really competitive market, but yeah, I do love reading them. When it comes to your business now, then, what is it that you do? Because this book, it took you 18 months to write, but that's because you were doing, you had your job sort of on the side as well. Yeah. Are you writing more now or what's the plan going forward? I'm thinking about, like, I wanted to see what else is within the football that is popular and people want and uh, out there. Seems like there's like a little market for for football books for kids, like football stories or fiction fiction books that are football football mm-hmm. stories. There's not a lot of authors doing it, but there seems like there's a market, a little market for it that's growing. And I was thinking of maybe writing a series, maybe a, a series of books for kids as like a football story because I've got some ideas. I could still write some more non-fiction books. There's still a few things in the football thing industry that still bother me, so. I could write some more non-fiction books, but we, we're going to see. We're just going to we're going to take it one step at a time and see where we're going to go next. Not, yeah. I'm not um, absolutely sure yet in what okay. direction I'm going to go. So, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, are you offering advice or like almost coaching in a sense of taking this football as a career as a route, or is it just you've written the book and that's that? Like I said, it was more about something that was bugging me, a passion. I didn't, you know that sometimes people write books, they go into the market and they see what's mm. popular mm. because they want to make money. So they write a book on what's popping yeah. to make money. So I never really thought that way. It was more about, I was passionate about this thing. It was bugging me. I thought that it was, it's a bigger deal than what it seems like it was. And I thought like, yeah, there's no books or nothing really on it. So let me write a book. Oh. I'm available. If I've got um, a Facebook, which is under Technical Stars, which is my company name. It's a resource for parents. So you can come on there, ask questions. It's got lots of articles on uh, grassroots development. I'm maybe going to start a blog and write and give more advice and value for parents. Yeah, that's. I think maybe that's the way I might, I, I might go as well. I'm open. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. People can contact me. It's not a problem if they've got questions or if there's any anything they're, they're not sure about and I can help, I will help. Okay, so if you are on Facebook and you want to get hold of the author, Kanan McDonald, his company Facebook page is called Technical Stars Limited. So you can search for that and find him there. You can find him on LinkedIn, Kanan McDonald, and Kanan is spelt C-A-N-A-A-N. McDonald and is also on Facebook as Kanan McDonald. I don't think there's too many Kanan and McDonald's on Facebook. <laughs> no, I don't think there is. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't checked. But that's excellent. Any other parting words then? Basically, for all the authors out there, just do it. If you've got if you've got an idea and uh you've been thinking about it and uh you're like, oh, I want to write this book and you know, just do it. A lot of people use the thing that they ain't got enough, they ain't got no time. Or The way I see it is that 
when something's important to you, you make the time. If something's really important to you, you'll make the time. You'll find the time. You know? Absolutely. Find the time and do it. Excellent. No? Simple message then. Find the time and do it. If you're interested, if your son wants to be a footballer, then check out the book My Son Wants to Be a Footballer by Kanan McDonald. It's available on Amazon and Kanan McDonald himself is available on Facebook. His company Facebook is Technical Stars Limited and you can find him also on LinkedIn at Kanan McDonald. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you, Kanan, for being a guest on the Authors Podcast. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and to you listeners out there, take on Kanan's advice. Just find the time and just do it. Thank you very much. And I'll see you on the next episode of The Authors Podcast. You have been listening to The Authors Podcast with Lisa Newton, sponsored by Boogles Limited. Tweet the show at Boogles underscore books, spelled B. O-O-G-L-E-Z underscore books. You can also contact your host via the email address lisa at lisanewton.co.uk And if you want to join our author's community, join the inner circle at www.writerbook.net You have just been listening to the author's podcast with Lisa Newton. See you next time.